Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Tonight, and uh, good to see you all. It seems this month was an extra long month, but it's great to be here. And the work we're doing in Tony Revel, the pastor there who's come back from illness, is doing really well and gaining confidence and being used by God and seeing new people coming into a church and so all in all it's a great time and the Tuesday night they used to have a prayer meeting with about five or six and that's already tripled we're running through the summer months now don't forget we're averaging about 15 16 so that's good and and so God is doing good things praise the Lord amen I thought my wife was going to get up earlier when Pastor Luke said about giving testimonies because we went on a fishing trip on uh, Wednesday down in Paynton. He said, I didn't know you were into fishing. No, not that kind of fishing. We heard last Sunday from a charismatic vicar when we went to an evening service in our village. And uh, he says, something that helps you when you're witnessing is having a toddler or a dog. Well, we had to look after our youngest grandson, Jack, who's just three years old and quite a tearaway. I thought, right, okay, we've got to look after him for the next one, two hours while his dad took his brother to a hospital appointment. And, um, and so I thought, right, half an hour, bouncy castle, guaranteed to keep him occupied, wear him out, tire him down. You know what you've got to do? You've got to do with these toddlers. <laughs> anyway, we got there. Well, he was the only one, so we paid our, I thought it was a bit of a rip-off, paid our three pound and and, but there was just this young lad who was probably a student or something who was there on his own, who was in charge of it. There's nobody else there. And so I say hello to him, began a conversation, but I was obviously having to watch Jack. And then I sort of give the eye to Sharon, said, come on, start talking to him. And they started talking, and she said, oh, do you have any interest in people coming here? Oh, you have people from Japan. Oh, I know people from Japan. I've been to Japan. So we talked about our friend Tomoyuki Kasaki, who got mightily filled with the Holy Spirit in our church in Bristol. And and, and uh, his parents disowned him. We had to look after him. And he's like a sort of adopted son in some ways. And uh, so we started talking and we started sharing and then started sharing about the Christian faith. And he started asking question after question after question after question. He said, how long have you been a Christian? And, oh, what does this mean? What does that mean? And the state of the world. And then when Sharon took a turn to look after Jack, he asked me, how long have you been a Christian? And so before I know, I was giving my testimony, talking about I brought up Church of England, but that didn't mean anything to me. I discovered Jesus at the age of 18 and this kind of thing. And, oh, it's so wonderful. And God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I've known God heal. And, and God bless. God help us through difficult times like bereavement of our first child. And all these things just coming out. And I thought, wow. And nobody else came. Not another parent came. Nobody else came. And for half an hour, we had full-on fishing experience. Praise the Lord. And we were able to, towards the end of that time, just thought Jack was getting a bit bored by then. So, come on, Jack, go up a few more times. Come on. <laughs> I just showed him where my son is an associate pastor in the church in Torquay. So, we showed him the details of that. Just up Babacombe Hill and on the left. Oh, I know where that is. And so, it was great. We left him with that. If then some other people came, if they hadn't come, I think we would have led him to Christ with the next quarter of an hour. But there we go. Praise the Lord. She'll say, that was my testimony to share. But it's good, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Psalm 42. Tonight's service, I believe God is really 
wanting to speak to someone. He's already been speaking to you through the service. And I believe this message is just going to confirm what's been already happening through the Psalms and through various things in the service already. Psalm 42, verse 1. As a deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And then verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of my countenance and my God. Tonight, if you want a heading for the message, it's this, the power of praise. The power of praise. And already you can see with some of the songs we've had, we'll raise a hallelujah and so on. Wow, this is, I thought, yes, thank you very much. This is just underlining, confirming the word tonight. You know, when you speak on the subject of praise, and I've done that many times, even here before, there are two go-to passages that you go to. And so I'm going to go to them first of all. And uh, the first one is one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And the one in the Old Testament is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You may know the story. The story is that the little nation of Judah, even smaller than the nation of Wales, is surrounded by not just one enemy, but several enemies. It looks like curtains. It looks like game over. It looks like there's no way. We're finished. And the godly king Jehoshaphat calls the nation to come and pray together. And the Bible says that the mums, the dads, the children, everyone came. I love that picture. You know, so often we call a prayer meeting, you might just get mainly women and maybe some of the men. But here it's the whole families, the children as well. They all come to pray and fast and seek God. Their lives are in jeopardy. Their nation faces annihilation. And they cry out to God and they pray in this national day of prayer. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 14 that as they're praying together, the voice of the prophet is heard. It says in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mataniah. Wow, what a heritage of, of prophetic and priestly and ministry. Uh, of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you'll find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. 
Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Wow, if you were in a situation like that, would you like a word like that? Wow, what a powerful word. Because in the meeting, they're all excited in this great big prayer meeting. And uh, verse 18, Joshua, the king bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Wow, it's amazing. But they're doing it in the meeting. And we, 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 if we're honest, we're like that. We know we come and we ask God and God speaks and we hear and we say, yeah, amazing. And we praise the Lord. But the challenge is, what's it like tomorrow morning? Well, we read on. What was it like the next day? It says, then they rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Joshua stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed uh, Adele and uh, Sam and Ellen. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army. And we're saying, praise the Lord for his mercy and Jews forever. Then, verse 22, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. Wow! Praise brings the victory. Wow. And so that's a great go-to passage. You know, maybe in your life right now, you feel surrounded by things. You feel overwhelmed by things. And you think, oh, am I ever going to get out of this? It seems no way. Well, we sang already, God is the way maker. And the way is begin to praise. Oh, maybe that's the word for you tonight. The battle is not yours. It is God's. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Or maybe some other verse of scripture. But take hold of that promise and begin to praise the Lord. Begin to praise the Lord. Praise brings the victory. Praise brings the victory. You know, in Exodus 15 verse 11, again, the, the children of Israel have been caught there. There's Pharaoh's armies, mountains on the side, the Red Sea in front. It seemed, it seemed no way. Where there is no way, God made a way. And you know how they crossed through the, the water. God caused a wind to blow and parted the water, and they went through as on dry land. And then uh, when they got through, when Pharaoh's armies tried to follow, their chariots tried to follow, the waters came back, and the enemy was defeated. And on the other side, in Exodus 15, it says Moses began to sing a song. It's worth reading Exodus 15 and... Um, but in the middle of that song was a verse, Exodus 15, verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Oh, let's get hold of this thought tonight. As we begin to praise, God does wonders. As we begin to praise, he's the way maker. He's the, he's the, the miracle worker. Praise is the key. As we get hold of God's promises, we get hold of God's word and begin to praise him. That's where the victory lies. Praise the Lord. So that's the one go-to passage in the Old Testament 
if you're going to preach on praise, all the would-be preachers here. And then the other go-to passage is in Acts 16. Acts 16, the New Testament account of praise, where we see the victory through praise, and the stories of Paul and Silas. They've been seeking God in the beginning of Acts 16, where to go and minister to next. And they try to go to one place, and God says no. And then they go to another place, God says no. The Holy Spirit forbids them. And then they're thinking, well, Lord, where do you want us to go? And that night, Paul has a vision of a man from Macedonia. That's sort of part of Greece and at that time, anyway. And, uh, and, and, and uh, saying, come over and help us. And so they think, wow, this is God speaking. Let's go on this sail. And they go to the Philippi. And it's an exciting story as you read about it in Acts 16 and and like Paul would do, he would go and he'd start preaching and start sharing the message. And in those days, people didn't have uh, Netflix and Sky TV and all the other things. You know, the only thing you could do was, you know, who was a new preacher in town? Let's go and listen to him. You know, so, so the crowds came. It was a, and, and being Mediterranean, everyone's outside and all the rest of it. And so they all come to listen and. And the crowds come, and there's this girl that comes as well. So she's actually a slave girl, and uh, she's used by her masters. She has this ability to tell fortunes and by a spirit of divination, but she's able to tell fortunes. And she comes, and she starts saying, yeah, these men are the servants of the Most High God. And, and at first sight, it seems, wow, yes, that's correct, that's correct, that's correct. But as the days go on, the Apostle Paul is greatly disturbed by this, and he thinks, she's saying the right things, but something in my spirit says this is very wrong. And I guess as he prayed it by, he recognized, no, this is an evil spirit trying to distract from what we're saying to what she's saying. This is the work of the enemy, trying to, to stop people from getting hold of the message. And so he, he, he speaks to the girl and and the demon is cast out, and the girl is set free. You think, well, that's good. But the masters are not pleased, and they make up some big story. And so Paul and Silas are taken and beat, arrested and beaten, and then thrown into inner jail and locked in stocks. You know, and so their back is bleeding, and it's they're chained, they can't move, and it's dark, it's dingy, it's smelly. Can't imagine that those primitive jails, dungeons, were you know air conditioned and you know beautiful places with TV and nothing like that. And it's cockroaches and mice and rats and everything else you can think of as horrible. And I guess as we come to Acts 16 and verse 22, well we read it. It says, "Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. What would you think if you were in that situation? What would be on your mind? If I was Barnabas, uh, if I was Silas, rather, I'd be saying to, uh, to Paul, I'd be saying, Paul, that's the last time I gave you cheese sandwiches before you go to sleep. 
That dream you had was not a good dream. Look where it's got us. You know, you got it wrong. However, we're going to get out of here. We're stuck. And they could have gone into a pity party and, oh dear, this is terrible. But what does the Bible say? Verse 25, Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Oh, what they did at the darkest hour, they began to praise. They began to sing songs. Come on, Silas, we can sing some songs here. I don't know what they sang. Probably they did sing psalms. And they began to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Wow. The keeper of the prisoner, waking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul says in a loud voice, do yourself no harm, we're all here. And he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I be, do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And before dawn almost, there's a whole family getting saved, a whole family being baptized, and then having breakfast together after the baptismal service. Wow, what a turnaround. What an amazing turnaround. But what brought the victory? What changed what was going on? It was praise. It was praise. It was praise. You know, as I thought about that, I thought, yes, even as Christians, there are times in our lives, these were two servants of God, two apostles, and, and uh, walking in the will of God. Uh, and it seemed they got into a situation where where they were cornered, where, where the situation was going against them, where there was opposition. But as they began to praise, God turns that all around. Praise not only brings a release, but praise results in a whole family being saved, in a city being stirred. And I felt... As I prepared this, that yes, there, even as Christians, there might be people you feel, well, I feel overwhelmed. I feel I'm trapped. I feel the circumstances, the opposition that I'm facing. It seems everything is against me. Well, I say to you tonight, don't focus on those things. But focus on the God who saved you, the God who called you, the God who is Lord of your life. The God who gave his son, who died for you, who rose from the dead victorious. Oh, tonight begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. And I promise you this, as you begin to praise him and determine to praise, God will release you. God will free you. God will change your circumstances. Not only will he change your circumstances, but I believe the word of the Lord is this, that he's going to bring about salvation. And families are going to be saved. Wow, we should be really getting excited by that. 
For some of you actually are in family situations where you might feel it's difficult. It, I feel because of the unsafe families, I can't do very much. I can't get to church as I'd like to. Can't pray as I'd like to. Can't do this as I'd like to and that as I'd like to. God tonight is speaking a solution. He's saying, begin to praise me. Begin to praise me and I'm going to change those circumstances. I'm going to change all that's going on. And those that seem to be opposing are going to get saved. Families are going to be saved. Don't see that unsaved husband as somebody, a difficulty and an opposition, but begin to imagine him. Wow, God's going to save him. He's going to change him. He's going to transform him. Those children, God's going to change them. God's going to transform them. God's going to break in. Because that's the word of the Lord. Begin to praise. And see God move and save. Well, those are the two go-to passages. And those who've been here for the last 10 years or more, whatever it's been now, will say, yeah, we've heard you preach on those kind of passages before in different ways. But then something struck me. There's another passage. It's not one that we immediately think of and we think of praise, but it's the one we read from at the very beginning, Psalm 42. Here's another powerful passage telling us about the power of praise. The power of praise. Psalm 42, David is on the run. David, the giant slayer. David, who was anointed to become king of Israel. Yes, for many years he had to flee from the, the, his predecessor Saul until Saul's killed in battle. David becomes king. David, for 40 years, is is so successful as king. But then his son Absalom, we haven't time to go into the whole story, but one of his own sons, through a sequence of events, takes over the throne. And David has to run from his own son for fear of his life. And David and his loyal followers have to run and they go hiding in the wilderness. That's the background. Can you imagine that? Your own family have turned against you. Your own flesh and blood is, is committed treason against you. Not pleasant, not nice. In fact, that's how this psalm begins. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. There is a song we sing, and it's saying to make this sound very spiritual and very thirsty for God. And yeah, it could have that meaning, I suppose. But the actual truth is it's about a deer that's being hunted and it's out of its normal habitat and it's panting and it's, and it's, it's shaking with fear and it's scared and it's thirsty and, and it knows that the, the hounds or whoever's chasing it are soon to pounce upon it. And it, it's in that situation. David says, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. In fact, as you read on, you begin to recognize, and it's not, shouldn't be a shock to us, that David is this one-time giant killer, finds himself depressed. He says, my tears, verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where is your God? 
not sleeping. He's down. He's not eating. He's just crying, crying. Why has this happened? Why has it all gone wrong? Why my own son? Can you imagine the kind of things he would be saying? And if you think I'm making that up, well, it comes, he says in verse 5, he actually puts it quite plainly. Why are you cast down, O my soul? The soul, the innermost part of our being, our mind, emotions, conscience, will, what makes us, me, you, our personality, it feels low, it feels down, it's cast down. That's the situation. Maybe you couldn't identify with a nation and a king, and maybe you couldn't identify with two apostles, but maybe you say, yeah, I can identify with this now. One person is feeling so down, things have just gone all wrong, all wrong, and he feels so low. How does he get out of that? How does David turn around that situation? That's so awful. Well, look again at verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. David begins to praise And let me tell you, this is not, oh yeah, let's, okay, I'll start singing some songs. Peace, sort of. I don't think he just, he began to praise. At first it was hard, but he began to praise. It's what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13 verse 15 talks about the sacrifice of praise. It hurt, it was painful, it was hard. It was the last thing he felt like doing. Tears have been his meat day and night. He felt low, he felt down. He didn't really want to do this, but he said, I'm going to hope in God. God hasn't changed. God is the same. God can never change. So I'm going to praise him. And so it's a sacrifice. It hurts, but he begins to praise. He begins to utter his words of praise. This man who wrote quite a big chunk of the book of Psalms begins to praise God. And something happens. As he begins to praise, and it's there in the verse, in verse 5, hoping God partially yet praise him for the <coughs> help of his countenance. I'll put it in plain English. As I praise him, I feel the presence of God. I feel God looking upon me. I feel his presence. I feel God close to me. Hallelujah. And I thought, that's it. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 22, it says in verse 3, God inhabits the praises of his people. God comes when we praise him. It's not just about, oh yeah, let's have some songs to work us all up and get us, you know, into the right sort of, no, no. And we begin to praise Him. Even if we haven't got music, when we begin to praise Him, God's presence comes. God's presence comes. God's presence comes. And Psalm 16 verse 11 says, in God's presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Wow, I love that phrase, fullness of joy. New Testament calls it joy unspeakable. 
Think about it. What's joy unspeakable? How do you express joy unspeakable? You start to jump up and down. Oh, joy unspeakable. I don't know how to express it. Oh, oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. You know, you're like little children when they've had a, some gift and they, you know, they're skipping around, dancing around. Oh, they don't know what to do with themselves. Joy unspeakable. Fullness of joy. Bubbling up, flowing over. In the presence of God, this fullness of joy. And as we begin to praise, as we begin to praise, even when we feel so low and feel so down, and we come with a sacrifice of praise, David is saying, I began to feel his presence. I began to feel joy. In fact, and you get to verse 11 in the New King James Version. Some of these other modern versions don't have this. Never mind. Um, verse 11, why you cast down my soul? Why disquiet it within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. A lot of versions just repeat what was written earlier, but the New King James is, is clearer. It says, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance. And my God, he's saying, hey, when I praise him, not only do I feel his presence, but oh, he's a help. I've had a long face. I had a miserable face. But hey, he's the help of my countenance. Now I've got a smiley face. Now I feel happy. I feel joyful. Oh, because of God. Hallelujah. I think, wow. God's presence. When we praise, we feel God's presence. A verse that I heard the other day, the pastor and Tony Revel used it, and I thought, wow, I hadn't, I hadn't really twigged that verse really before. Psalm 97, verse 5, it says, Mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Mountains, your mountains of illness, your mountains of difficulty, your mountains of problems, your mountains, whatever they are, they melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. And how do we get to God's presence? We praise Him. We praise Him. Oh, I thought, wow, Lord, here's a, well, we knew this before, but it's great to have it just underlined and underlined and underlined. Praise the Lord. Praise, praise, praise brings a victory. Praise brings God's presence. Praise results in salvation of the lost. In Psalm 40, David says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Now listen. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. When we start praising, it has an effect upon other people. When we start praising, and they know that we've gone through some stuff, some difficulties, some problems, but now we're praising, and now we're feeling God's presence, and now we're entering into victory. That has a knock-on effect. The lost, the unsaved, begin to put their trust in the Lord. You say, oh, you've taught us before, you don't take one verse, that's just one verse. Okay, I'll give you another verse, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 of the early church. What did it do? It says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what's the next verse? And the Lord added daily to the church those who are being saved. Make no mistake, there's a link there between praise 
be people being attracted by praise and people getting saved as a result of appraising people. Okay, the gospel's preached and all that, I know. But they get that praise. Wow, this is real. This is authentic. These people have got something higher than God. Wow, this is amazing. I know these people. They've gone through difficulties. They've gone through problems. I know they've gone through illness. I know they've gone through difficulties. I remember them saying with me, but they're praising. And, they, and their problems seem to just melt away. And then they're meeting with God. And God is so real and so powerful in their midst. Wow, I want to give my life to Jesus. Praise. Oh, don't get too excited. Praise makes a difference. We've got to get a hold of this. Wow. Praise. Praise. I encourage you to praise God for who He is. For who He is. The unchanging. The all-powerful. The all-seeing. The all-wise. The eternal God. Praise the Lord, the all-present God, the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who raised him from the dead. Oh, begin to praise God for who he is. Begin to praise God for who he is. Join the companies of heaven. That's what heaven does. You know, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him who sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Just read Revelation 5 and, or Revelation 4. All these great passages of people just praising God. We need to learn to praise God for who He is. We need to read to praise God for His Word. That's already being clear by what I've said. As we get hold, read God's Word and the promises of God begin to speak into our heart, begin to praise God for them. Praise God for His Word. Praise God for His promise. Praise God for His name heard my testimony so many times, I'm going to repeat it, but facing cancer, but discovering the power of the name of God, being to pray and praise that name, wow, God brings the victory, God brings the victory, I stand here as testimony, 10 years on from that, I stand here as a testimony that God's name is powerful, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and are saved. We need to learn to praise his name. That name is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Wow, when you start praising, you're praising the name. The name is on the winning side, if you like. The name is all victorious. It's all conquering. The name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Begin to praise God for his blood. The blood of Calvary. That blood that washes white and snow. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we're healed. As we begin to praise God for the cross, praise God for the blood of the Lamb. Luke already quoted about from Revelation 12, 11, they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We begin to praise. We begin to praise. See, why does, why does God love praise? Why does God love praise? Because praise is faith in action. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, says in Hebrews 11. And praise is faith in action. <laughs> you get that promise, start praising. And when you offer that, start to offer that sacrifice of praise, whatever, God says, yeah, I love it. They're praising me. Wow, look at that, faith in action. Faith is the currency of heaven. When we start praising, God says, wow. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. Praise. Sing, shout, clap your hands, dance, jump for joy. You know, if you're at home and say, oh, I don't know how to start. Hey, perhaps it's okay, put on some praise music. You know, praise music, not something blue or moody, but praise. Begin to read some psalms. How about Psalm 34? If you want to write down Psalm, Psalm 34 and Psalm 145, these two that I wrote down. You know, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, start most of the psalms would be like that, but certainly from Psalm 145 right to the end of psalms, they're all very much praise psalms. You'll find praise psalms right throughout the psalms. In the midst of some of the life's difficult circumstance type psalms, but then there's a praise psalm. Praise the Lord. Start praising. Start praising. Start praising in the presence of God. God will bring the victory. God will bring that healing. God will bring salvation. Because that's what praising does. The power of praise. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and let's praise and pray. Hallelujah. As we pray together, the message I trust has been instruction in itself. But there was a sense in which, as I brought it, it, I felt it was things that was particular to individuals tonight. It's more than just a message. It was something unique for this congregation or for individuals. At this point, it's going to be over to you to praise God and begin to praise and get those psalms out and start looking at the promises of God and putting on those praise music things and begin to praise God in your own place, your own home, your own quiet time, your own special time with God. We call it quiet time. It shouldn't quite be quiet. It should be noisy praise time. But it, would I just like to pray for you tonight that by the Spirit of God, He would just do something for you. If God has been speaking to you tonight and saying, yeah, senior situation, senior circumstance. By my spirit, says the Lord, I want to help you begin to praise. Maybe as a first step tonight, perhaps you could just raise a hand and say, Pastor Rob, pray for me. Because I need God's help. Thank you, others tonight. Yes, thank you, thank you. So I need God's help. Thank you, yes. A number of people responding, but there are others too. I want to pray right now. Father, you see each of these situations. Your servants who find themselves perhaps in different situation and circumstance. Father God, I 
afraid by the power of your spirit tonight. Something will begin to kindle in their hearts. Something will begin to rise up in their spirit. That Father God, that you'll give them that strength of personality to go out of this place and say, I will begin to praise. Because Lord, I believe for them and I pray with them and agree with them. That Father God, as they begin to praise, that the victory will come. The prison doors are going to open. Those sicknesses, those things that they face, those overwhelming situations. Lord God, you're going to break through and bring a release. It's not going to bring release for them, but it's going to result in the salvation of others, even the salvation of families. Lord, we're believing for great things because you're a great God. And we praise you. We praise you, Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. We praise you. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And as we praise you, your presence is going to come. Your comforting presence, your blessed presence, your life-giving presence, your directional presence your healing presence, your salvation presence is going to come. And we give thanks to you and we give praise to you, our God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.